there are other ways to achieve what people set out to achieve with a child maintenance trust. A child maintenance trust is really a tax device used by the payer to reduce the payer's own tax liability. And there are other less complicated ways of achieving a fairly good result in that regard. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to episode 309 of Tax Talks. This is Heidi Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Today's topic comes from a listener question from Anthony Tripolino of Tripolino Accountants in Geelong in Victoria. How does a child maintenance trust work and what's the point of one? Here's child support lawyer Simon Bacon of Mansby and Scott in Melbourne with some insights. The first question to Simon is... Will the child maintenance trust only really come into play when you have a child support agreement as opposed to a child support assessment or a court-ordered child support ruling? No, a child maintenance trust can apply even if you go through the child support agency. But before we go there, I thought a useful place to start might be to talk about why people have these trusts, okay? Now, generally speaking, if you don't have a trust, you pay your child support in after-tax dollars. So if your child support uh, assessed by the agency or agreed to with the other party is, say, $25,000 a year, if you're on the top marginal tax rate, you've got to earn almost 50 to get the 25 to pay the child support. So the child support is paid in after-tax dollars. The Child Maintenance Trust tries to get around that and allow you, the payer of child support, to pay the child support in pre-tax dollars. So in that example we've just discussed, you don't have to earn $50,000 to pay your $25,000. You only pay $25,000. You only have to earn $25,000 to pay the $25,000 because it's in pre-tax dollars. Okay, that's the general idea. Make child support payable in pre-tax, not after-tax dollars. I thought it might be useful to talk about a little bit of history. Family trusts have historically been used for people to avoid paying income tax. And that's what a child maintenance trust really is. It's, it's, a, it's a device to save somebody paying income tax. It's not really about saving child support. The child support gets paid. It's about saving the payer having to pay tax on the amount paid. And historically, these trusts have been used in families to split income. So typically, historically, dad has earned the income and he's distributed the income through the trust to all of his children. And each of the times it gets split and paid to a new person, a spouse, a child, etc., the recipient of the income gets the full benefit of the marginal tax rate. So initially you don't pay any tax, then you pay a little bit and it gets in increased. Back in the 1970s, personal tax rates were about 60%, okay, the top marginal tax rate. So it was people looked around for these kind of schemes to save themselves a great deal of money. But then in about 1980, the tax law changed 
Now, I'm not a tax lawyer. This is just my general understanding of, of, of how it's worked. But the tax law changed to say, right, you can't do that anymore. We're sick of people earning income, splitting it between their kids, and no one paying any tax. So in about 1980, the law became that if a child receives a dividend from a trust that's unearned, the child doesn't have any exempting, or it's a very small amount of exempt income. And you can't use that process anymore. But the Income Tax Act, and I looked it up this morning, Section 102 of the 1936 Act, that section, by the way, seems to have a lot of letters and so on and so on after it. So it's probably a very big section, but Section 102 is where this exception for child, child maintenance trusts is contained. And it says that rule about the kids not having the benefit of the marginal increments in the tax scheme doesn't apply if the income is what's called accepted trust income. Okay, now income derived by a child as a result of family breakdown is accepted trust income. So if a child receives income through a trust that's unearned, and that is a result of family breakdown, which of, of course is what always happens when child support is paid, then the general rule about the child not having any exempt or not being able to, having to pay at the top marginal tax rate, that scheme is out the window. The child is treated like any other taxpayer. You earn currently at 18,000 odd, no tax, and then there's a bit of tax up to 30 and you've, you've got the increasing marginal scales. That then opens up the possibility for the child maintenance trust. And so what generally would happen would be the payer of child support. He settles some income generating property into a trust for the benefit of the child, you know, a capital sum that earns interest in the bank with some shares or some property, et cetera. And then the, the trust property earns the income. The income earned is able to in the hands of the child get the benefit of all of these marginal tax rates and that's paid to the child and therefore effectively the payer's paying money but he's taking advantage of the child's ability to have these marginal tax rates and that's the basis of a child maintenance trust but it's very complicated uh, setting one of these things up the mother the, the other party, typically it's the man who pays and it's the woman who receives. It's not always that way. But the other party, the mother, she has to obviously agree to it. And then the payer has to settle quite a substantial amount of property into the trust to generate the income in the first place. And that property is actually becomes the child's property. I mean, the man's kind of paying twice. First of all, he's putting a vast amount of property into the trust to generate the necessary income to pay the child support. And then at the end of the process, when the child turns 18 or at some other time, the, the, the settlor of the trust can dictate when this happens, but that property has to then vest in the child. So practically, they're not of much use. And also, of course, we've spoken about child maintenance trusts as being really a tax device. It's a device to help the payer pay less tax. It's really not got anything to do with child support at all. And there are other ways to avoid paying tax. I mean, the corporate rate 
now is down at 25% if you um, are able to run a, a, a small business. The top marginal rates are no longer in the 60s, they're in the 40s. And that looks as though it's coming down even further. There's less incentive to get involved in these trusts. And then things can go wrong, of course. The mother whom you've had a harmonious relationship with at the time of setting up the trust may, the relationship may break down and she may bring, you know, proceedings to wind the trust up and have the capital sum paid to the child and it, it, it just gets very, very messy. I think the biggest single problem with them is the settle all has to find a large lump sum of capital to put into the trust to generate the income that is then lost forever. And in these days of returns at the bank of being 1% or 2%, you need a vast amount of money. Of course, there are other types of property you could settle into the trust as well, real estate, shares, whatever, that might generate more of an income. But uh, there's still a large upfront payment and you never know what the future holds. You may put $100,000 into the trust today and the child dies tomorrow. You know, and then the the uh, property passes on the child's, well, the child's unlikely to have a will, on the child's intestacy. All things outside your control. Four questions. The first one is basically just to summarize what you said. Let's say there are two children and the child support for each child is 20,000, so 40,000. And let's assume it's the father who pays the child support. So to pay the $40,000 of child support, the father needs to earn $80,000. Let's say the father is quite affluent and he has quite a substantial investment property. So he would need to earn investment earnings of $80,000 to pay the $40,000 of child support. However, if he now transfers, and if we assume a 5% return on investment, if he now transfers $800,000 into two separate child maintenance trusts, so $400,000 into the one and then $400,000 into the other, and then assuming a 5% return, then each of the trusts would earn $20,000. And if that $20,000 is then distributed to the child, then the $40,000 child support is basically paid before tax and no further tax is paid on it. And that's the attraction of the child maintenance trust, correct? Well, no, it's the tax still has to be paid on it, but it's the child who pays the tax and the child has the benefit of the various marginal rates. So it's the total tax payable by two people, each with a $40,000 income, is going to be less than the $80,000 of tax payable by the one person. Yes, and sorry, I meant each child gets $20,000. So each child gets $20,000, hence $40,000 in total, but $20,000 with the low income tax offset would be tax-free. That's that's what I meant. Yes. But you're right. If, if each child received $40,000, then of course they would have to pay tax on it. But of course it would be less tax than the father would pay at his top margin of tax rate. That's the whole idea of it, to yes. put the income into someone's hand who can pay the least amount of tax on it. Child maintenance trusts are really only of interest to people who have that much capital to transfer to a child. If you live from paycheck to paycheck, 
then the child maintenance trust is of no no interest to you. No, it's a, a, a device useful to high income learners. Now, it does get a little bit more complicated than that because you can access the capital of the trust to pay some of the child support. So it's less costly than the calculation we've just done. You can eat into the capital to some degree to pay the child support. If the taxman considers that you're eating into too much capital, it's going to consider the trust is uh, just a device to avoid paying tax and it may uh, ignore it for these purposes. Well, it's very clearly only a device to, <laughs> to save tax. I have three more questions for you. The first one is who is usually the trustee of the trust or the director of the corporate trustee? Well, that would be the payer of child support. Oh, really? Yes. So it would be the father in our case? Yes. Ah, okay, good. But that would make it harder for the mother to access the capital. Well, the mother would have to apply to wind up the trust if she wanted to access the capital. The mother doesn't have any say over the capital. It's the trustee who makes those decisions. So the payer of the child support, in our example, the father, would have control of the trust as the director of the corporate trustee or the or as the individual trustee if the other parent, let's say the mother, wanted to access the capital, she would have to go through the courts. Yes, yes. This isn't about the parents coming together and working for the benefit of the child and both settling money in, into the trust. This is about the payer himself taking his own money and, and settling it, it in the trust. And would it be possible for the capital to go back to the... Uh... No, no. This is where the tax office says that it's not a bona fide child maintenance trust. If the capital reverts ultimately to the payer, it's not a child maintenance trust. So the capital always has to go to the child at the end of it when the child turns 18 or so? Yes. Now, it can be some of it can be distributed during the life of the trust to pay some of the child support, presumably if the investments don't do as well as what you'd expected and in any one given year there was a deficit, presumably you could access some of the capital at that point. Of course, the capital doesn't have to revert to the child when the child turns 18. The settler of the trust, the payer, he, he can do that at any age. He can say, right, it's not until 50 that the child actually that the property reverts back to the child. But the important thing is the payer has lost it, okay? The payer has settled property on the trust and effectively it's gone. How often do you see a child maintenance trust? Once a year? Oh, I'm scra I've been doing this since 1989 and I'm scratching my head to even think of one I've done. Certainly I've advised clients on this a number of times, but the best strategy is to look at other ways to minimise your tax, legitimately minimise your tax. The corporate tax rate is only at 25% in a, in a small business. Look at that. This hugely complicated process of child maintenance trusts and investing large, or settling large amounts of property, it's too complicated. There are other ways to achieve what people set out to achieve with a child maintenance trust. A child maintenance trust is really a tax device used by the payer to reduce the payer's own tax liability. And there are other less complicated ways of achieving a fairly good result. Welcome back. 
So child maintenance trusts seem to be a lot less common nowadays. And the other speakers I reached out to all confirmed this. I got several answers back saying, no, sorry, we used to do them a lot, but not anymore. Haven't done any for many years. But I still wonder whether child maintenance trust could be of benefit. For example, could, and this is a question, could you distribute income from a family trust to a child maintenance trust and then to a child as accepted income? Or could you create a company, make the child maintenance trust the shareholder and then the family trust distributes to the company who pays dividends to the child maintenance trust? who then makes the child support payments. If this works, then a child maintenance trust could save you tax without, and this is the important thing, without giving up the capital. So I don't know yet whether this could work, but let's talk about this soon. In the next episode, episode 310, Paul Golden of Vectigal Lawyers in Melbourne will talk about estates. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. Thank you.